Welcome to Taxpayer Talk, Auckland Edition. I'm Josh from the Auckland Ratepayers Alliance. With me today is Wayne Brown, independent mayoral candidate. Welcome, Wayne. Wayne is a former engineer, businessman, author, and two-term mayor of the far north. He is eminently qualified for the job. But my question is, why would you want the job of Auckland Mayor? Oh, I love a challenge. <laughs> and um, people ask, why would you want to have been the... Uh, the chairperson of Vector after the power went off for six weeks. It was a great challenge. You know, I could fix it. Why would you be the chairman of uh, Auckland Hospital when the hospital got off to such a terrible start? And I reckon, I said, I reckon I can finish this one on time and on budget. And I did. It's the only hospital in New Zealand that's ever been finished on time and on budget. It was the biggest one. And boy, Auckland Council is a challenge at the moment because it's a sinking boat. Yeah, it certainly is. We learnt back in June that the Auckland Council is staring down the barrel of a 90 to $150 million fiscal hole over the next few years. Uh, it's quite clear that they need to find major savings, and I believe you have a plan for that. Oh, I think you're, you're 90 to $150 million is a bit on the short side, mate. They're losing $3 million a week, which is a billion a year, and you can't just prop it up by borrowing a billion every year, and they have borrowed a billion every year for the last 10 years, and they've gone from $5 billion to $16 billion of debt. And as Ronald Reagan said, you can't borrow yourself to wealth. Um, the relentless rise in rates that everyone's come to almost mm. um, given yeah. up and expecting it has to end. There has to be serious, serious things done about it, and in any other business... When you're in trouble, and this one's in trouble, is you have to maximise your income from customers that you don't hurt and minimise your costs, including minimising the costs that give you the most uh, relief. And so the first thing I'd do is is tackle the port. The port's a a disgrace, really. It sits on $6 billion worth of land. They'll be made to pay $400 million a year straight away. And people say, oh, they can't do that, they can't. They can do that, but they can't do that doing, behaving the way they are now. It forces change. And then on the cost-cutting side, there's $100 million that goes straight down the toilet with Panuku and mm. Auckland Unlimited, just turn the tap off. Mm. Yeah, well, Auckland, Lim- Auckland Unlimited alone, I understand, receives about $158 million a year in, in, um, in ratepayer money just to, well, just to operate. Well, the other thing, it's uh, the, the um, council's, uh, financial papers are written in mm. sort of a way that's mysterious to try and hide the, hide the truth and um, I don't think that um, the new mayor who gets in there and hopefully it's me will really know how bad it is until you have a look now unlike some of the other candidates I'm keen to have a look uh, just like the other the current mayor they're keen to shut their eyes and hope mm. it's better but it isn't mate it's going to be bad and so and there are lots of Lots of money to be saved in the place, everywhere, you know. The council payroll has more than doubled over, over the last decade. Um, it is now uh, over $1 billion a year and employs, I think, around 12,000 staff, many of whom are on very high incomes. I think about a quarter of Auckland Council employees earn over $100,000 a year. Uh, we've obtained figures uh, under, under the Local Government Official Information Act that, that confirm that um, Auckland Council alone, and this is leaving aside the um, CCOs, Auckland Council alone employs 855 middle managers earning on average $130,000 a year. That to 
that to us so- sounds ridiculous. Well, even more absurd, um, there's about 50 or 60 people who earn more than the mayor. And, and given the, the, the responsibility, power and the, and the uh, grotesque process you have to go to to get the job, there should be only one person earning more than the mayor, and that's the chief executive. In terms, it's worse than what you said about the billion-dollar payroll too because, in fact, the, the, to hide the fact that it's got worse than that, there's a lot of um, people leave the council and get immediately rehired on a much, much mm. higher salary. I mean, we found in February there was two, two um, planners left from 200000 a year to, and immediately rehired at 50000 a month. That, now, that's, that's just obscene. And uh, so this calls f- for serious addressing, mm. not just sort of meeting and talking through each other and having uh, communal groups. It, <laughs> the boat's going down, you know, and uh, I've had people, uh, you know, uh, well-known well writers mm. um, have told me that I'm exaggerating and, and there's no real problem because they've still got debt headroom. Mm. Mate, if you're worried about your debt headroom, that's like counting the uh, um, life jackets when the boat's just hit a rock. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've hand-fixed two power companies, three hospital boards, two SOEs, plus all my own companies, and I've never had to think about the debt headroom. It's, mm. if by the time you're worried about the debt headroom... Um, the you've got bigger going, problems, you, right? Yeah, you've got to do something about it. So... Would there be massive redundancies under under a Wayne Brown mayoralty? What you got to do if you're going to save money, you got to save it at the top. Mm. You know, you if you look at the op- opposite thing, if you tip a whole lot of money into a, into a company and and tip it in at the top, none of it gets to the people at the bottom who are doing the work. In a council, yeah, there are a lot of people that we pay our. I pay my rates for, and you pay mm. your rates for. Are the people that you like to see on the streets mm. who've got a Sweeping the streets, mending the pipes, fixing the potholes, mm. mowing the lawns, picking up the rubbish, doing those crap jobs. The workers. The workers have nothing to worry about from me. What happens in, in the last, under the current mayor, when they wanted to save um, uh, jobs, they go to see the chief executive, and so he shuts off services and gets rid of the people who we want to see on mm. the beach. And no no managers get, get, get touched at all. Mm. I'm quite the other way around. I'd rather sack one person on six, on $300,000 a year than six people on $50,000 a year. And and those six people are doing things that I, that I wouldn't do myself. And so the mm. people who are doing the hard work don't need to worry about it, but the people who are writing reports about it do. Mm. And so and, and to get a decent chunk of money back, you've just got to be blunt about it and say to the guys... 30% of the people over $300,000 a year are going to go st- starting now. And that's that's what the chief executive has got to do. And he either does it or he's one of them. Um, and and that way you get some savings. And there's nothing lost because those people aren't doing anything, actually, that you absolutely need. Those those jobs can be re-spread around. And that's how the big Carl Icahn, the big restructures and buyers of things in America, that's how they've done it. That's mm. how I learnt that years ago from... Mm when I was working for uh, um, uh, Utah Construction and Mining and, uh, and they were taken over by Fluor and I was out in West Australia building a mine as a young guy mm. and they just hoed off 50% of the people at the head office. It needs to happen on Albert Street and the viaduct. Oh, and, and, yeah, and all those places. And I mean, and so, someone, 
uh, when a critic said, oh, well, you know, that'll result in reduced services, it doesn't result in reduced mm. services. It results in a straight a stiffening of the back of the people at the top. Yeah. And um, and you're not taking the people who actually do, you're not touching the people who are doing stuff. It, um, it's win-win all around. And then and all the public feel better about it as well, as far as I'm concerned. So this, uh, uh, that, that's not a problem. It's just the right way to do it. Um, someone said that AT, for instance, oh, that would result in uh, reduction in safety. There are ten people over three hundred thousand in um, uh, in AT. That's and right. Only one of them's involved in safety, and amazingly enough, none of them are involved in roads. <laughs> There's Go no figure. roading engineer at the top, and those are bloody roads. Good <laughs> lord. Would you get rid of the CCOs? Uh, well, they're a legislated thing, but what I would do is we own them. Mm. So I'd take back control of them, and that just means changing the board for people who y- you want, not people who uh, mm. a recruitment company have found, people who you want. And I mean, and and you know, I know I know enough of the of the decision makers here to find good people, and you not only change the people, but you give them a clear instruction of what you want, so that the Board of a new board at Ports of Auckland, and I'm I'm a kind of I've got pretty. You have to be expertise in that field, and I would also I, I'm quite happy to have a representative of the workers. The union down there had more brains about the six hundred million dollars lost money on the um, automation project. They said it wouldn't work. They were right. I'd put someone from that on similarly on Auckland Transport. Why not put a, a, a representative from the bus drivers and a representative from the from the passengers? And so definitely I'd have customer representation on the on those boards so that the board get a new fresh board of people who know about mm. what they're doing and give them a clear instruction. So the two instructions of the Port of Auckland is A, start paying some money. Number two, put all those containers on trains out to Wirree, not in trucks. Big win for Auckland. There's that's congestion gone. Big win for the environment. You know, there's big, big drop in greenhouse gases from trucks to trains. Similarly, at the Auckland Transport, Auckland Transport have understood their role to be changing the way Aucklanders live. That's not their role. Their role is to service the mm. way Aucklanders live. Mm, they should be making it easy for us to uh, get around. Yeah, this is how we live. Help mm. us. Mm. Don't try and. Tell me that I'm a naughty boy and I'm not allowed to drive my car anywhere <laughs> or like that. So, what do you think about cycleways? I, I, well, I like cycleways that cost two hundred million, two hundred dollars a meter. Mm. I don't like cycleways that cost twelve thousand dollars a meter. <laughs> um, it, it's like anything. If if I said to you, "You go and buy me a coke," and it was two dollars for a coke, you'd think that's okay. And if I said, um, or go and buy me a Coke, and the guy said it was $200 for a Coke, you'd say, oh, bugger that, I'm having a Coke. Cycleways are like that. Mm. You might have seen in the, in the news recently that um, a lobby group, a uh, cycling lobby group, has, has threatened legal action against Waka Katahi if they don't um, trial a cycleway over the Harbour Bridge. And I understand that Waka Katahi is now um, reconsidering their, their decision to, to rule that out last year which means um, we could very well see a lane of the Harbour Bridge turned into a cycleway. What, what do you think about that? Well, there's several things to think, think about that. First of all is when major users of members of the public, major groups, get so pissed off that they have to take, go to court to get what they want. Yeah. That shows there's something wrong with the decision makers. They're mm. not listening for a starter. 
And Waka Kotahi is, uh, is an appalling organisation, really. I mean, they've never built anything on, on time or on budget anywhere. Um, and that's partially, again, starts mm. at the top dud chairman. And yeah, well, they, they've, just, the they've just wasted $600,000 on, um, on PR uh, promoting public transport. Well, they, they seriously considered a $600 million cycle mm. over the bridge thing. Uh, my solution to the – and I, I like, I'd, I'd like to cycle on the weekend across to Takapuna Beach. I go down from my, my apartment and cycle around the harbour mm. and around West Haven. It's nice. It's flat and I haven't got an electric bike and I, and, and I don't like cycling up hills very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and an electric bike kind of spoils the thing in some ways. Yeah. It's a bit like playing golf and going around in a golf cart instead of walking, but, um, which is not against the thing. And they, they do definitely have a place for the people who are going to come every day. But my solution would be, and should have been put in place years ago, for, for a million bucks you could have a, a small, very simple ferry that just goes from West Haven across to the, under the bridge to the other side where there's a flat cycleway all the way to Takapuna Beach. And if that had been in place, we wouldn't have had this row about mm. the thing. But they haven't done that either, so they're having a discussion. But the, it's amazing. Um, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that somehow or other Auckland has managed to mismanage things so badly that Wellington now decide what we're going to have in terms of infrastructure, and that's completely mm. bloody mad. There's, um, there's enough good engineers and planners in Auckland and developers and everything else that we should decide ourselves what we do. And um, so... Wellington's job is to collect the money and send it back. We will tell you what mm. to build, and and similarly with the the um that the the light rails another yeah the light rails twenty eight billion dollars for a project that they can't explain what problem it's solving, and That's we'll just send us the twenty eight billion dollars. I'll come up with some pretty good problems to solve. I mean, I am an infrastructure mm. engineer. I own roads. How mm. many New Zealanders own roads? Not many that I know. <laughs> We touched on rates earlier, and I want to come back to that. There is a cost of living crisis. Many Auckland households struggling to pay the bills, and and they've just been slapped with a. Many households have just been slapped with a massive rates increase. We've heard from people um, who who say their rates have gone up um, twelve to eighteen percent. Of course, the average the average rate increase I think was about six percent, and and perhaps a third of that is is from the new. uh, climate action targeted rate. I, I had two questions for you. First, what, what is what is your policy on um, on rates? I know that one of your one of your rivals has promised a rates freeze. Is is that is that a position that that you share? Promising and delivering are two um, very different things. And before you accept a promise for somebody from somebody, ask them what have they delivered before in their life. So if it's a bankruptcy then that's not a good promise to listen to. And so I, I have a, a very good track record that every one of the organisations, both public and private that I've been in, has done better than expected. And I'm not about to risk that with Auckland Council. What people can know straight away is that, first of all, I will get I'll increase income, that's what the port thing is from, get rid of the obvious bloody dumb things, and uh, in, at Auckland Hospital... I managed to pull $100 million out of a billion-dollar turnover, which is 10%, without cutting a single service. Nobody even missed out on an ASPRO, let alone uh, an operation. There's just money lying around, wasted everywhere. And um, so we need to do that. They all promised to do that. Mm. So I certainly wouldn't promise a rate freeze because 
nobody knows just how bad the books are yet because they've been covered up with um, fog mm. um, so that the current mayor can get out and go to his job in England. Mm. So it's dumb to say that. It's, but what I can promise is that I will take a very hard line on costs and I will be way more hard-nosed about costs and things than a lot. I'm prepared to do things which initially might sound unpopular and I've done that in the past and it often takes a while before people realise that those things were actually good for you. But I'm quite happy to do those things. So, and and I don't like paying rates. I mean, that was one of the things that <laughs> I, um, one of the reporters said to me. You know, are you suitable because you don't like paying rates? And I don't blame, like paying rates or taxes, but I do pay rates and taxes probably more than most people. But mm. I'm one of the old school person, and I expect to get some value back from it. Oh, here, here. Would you would you at least consider a cap on on rate increases? Say um, rates. Would not increase above inflation. Is is that well? A we've policy seen how that didn't consider? work before because the last mayor promised a cap of three and a half percent. All that happens then is that they leave the general rate at three and a half percent and they start inventing new targeted, targeted rates, rates all around the corner. Mm. So that's nonsense. Mm. Um, what what people have got to understand is that I will be hard mm. nosed on costs and um, and that I don't like paying rates myself and that I have a very good track record of cutting costs without cutting services. And I'm not about to do what they did last time, which is say, oh, we're gonna, we've got rid of a 1,000 people. They're all the people who did the work. Mm. And so, and I, I'm not about to cut people who do actual service delivery. But if you just write stories about it, start thinking of a new career, mate. What is your stance on Phil Goff's climate action plan? Well, it's the council's action plan. I mean, all decisions, even when I say I'm going to do things, they have to be a council mm. decision. So I've got to bring the people with me. And But all of the things I'm promising to do don't cost money. Mm. And um, very few councillors get elected in order to vote against stopping wasting money. So if I can show something is a waste of money, I don't expect a lot of people are going to put their hand up and say, no, I really want to waste money. So I'm feeling quite good about that. In terms of the action plan, it is a council thing and there are some people who want to, ha- to have that. I'm not so diametrically opposed to the action plan as, mm. as wanting to know what are we going to do with it. And, I mean, if it's just going to subsidise us all into Teslas and electric bikes, I'm not very much keen on it. But uh, mitigation of the impacts mm. of um, climate change, because I don't know whether or not Auckland spending five million dollars is going to stop climate change. I mean, mm. it's a bit unlikely, well, it's, it's really. A, it's a billion dollars, but oh, I what, take your what, point. Whatever money, yeah. is, it, is, is it really? I mean, it, it, some countries are doing a lot about it, like China, something, mm. and, and um, some companies like India, India are doing nothing mm. about it. Um, mm. And so you've got to keep it in perspective. We want to do enough things that, like putting the um, all the containers on off trucks onto trains is an immediate, permanent Saving, 150 containers on a train only uses the same diesel as 27 trucks. Mm. Why not do that? doesn't cause you to change your life, um, do the sensible things. But then I was looking out, I was taken around by a, count, a very good council out in the Howick area there who showed me that there are a whole lot of little valleys out there that are flooding all the time because mm. they've got crap drainage. Now it's quite, and these people are living in uninsurable houses and I feel sorry for them. And council's done nothing about it. That's a perfect case of using some of that money to fix that because that's just going to get worse. Mm. Because one thing we, we, that, I, that we do work out from this is that when there's a flood, it seems to be a worse flood. 
And so why don't we spend some of the... So if we are going to keep it, I want to spend it on sensible things rather than be opposed to it. It, it, it looks to me as, as though most of the, uh, most of the expenditure has, has been allocated to um, public transport and uh, footpaths, planting trees, things that you would usually expect to, to, be, to be funded by general rates rather than a, um, a special um, targeted rate. Um, so I do, I do, I do wonder if that money um, would be better spent on, as you say, um, mitigation or, or you know, um, measures that that would protect against floods and and um, sea level rise. Uh, am, am I am I uh, correct in understanding that that is that is your, your position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we'll do the sensible things mm. like the freight to rail. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Gets rid of two things: greenhouse gases and congestion. Mm. No one can argue against that, and it doesn't cause you to have your lifestyle, lifestyle ruined. In fact, it improves it. Um, and then mitigating things are sensible. Like the, there's a, a lot of scare emotion about about what's going to happen, mate. And there yeah. are winners and losers in climate change. You know, the Australia is going to lose because it's going to burn. But um, Canada's going to suddenly mm. find that they can grow crops because mm. it's not so cold. Um, and and Places like Holland is all below sea level, and they're not, you know, they're not drowning. They've worked out how to do it. There are mitigations for a whole lot of things that we can think of, and we used to be clevering. I, I went down the uh, Amazon River a couple of years ago, or rather up and down. It was pretty interesting. Um, either way, they've learnt to live with a situation where the water level rises eleven metres mm. during the wet season, and nobody's dying, and They've 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 adapted how they're going to live to that, and there's a lot of lessons to be learnt there. Mm. You know, it's not they, they don't all die. They know it's going to happen, and they've they've in some areas the the houses are all on large logs and they just float up. Um, quite simple stuff. Yeah. These are not incredibly rich people, but they've come to do it. I found it fascinating. In fact, if you've never been up the Amazon, you should because everything you've heard about it is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of far off places, are there any are there any other uh, cities in the world that you think Auckland should look to as an example? We don't have to go very far. Sydney um, shifted the port while I, I was at school, mm. um, and every, they've got a small port at Botany Bay. And we'd and when I say shift the port, we'd still have a coastal shipping and and um, cruise liners coming in. There'd be a small port there. But the Sydney Harbour is a wonderful harbour and um, where the port used to be is one of the most entertaining and nicest places to be. And to a degree, if you go down the bottom of Queen Street and turn left, it's nice and that used to be the port and turn right and it's horrible. So... You don't have to go far. Mm. Sydney's a good place to start, and most New Zealanders have been there plenty of time. Next time you go over there, have another look. And they're, they're, all their heavy stuff comes in at either Wollongong or Newcastle, and um, we, w- we would have a two-port. And, and most places have a two-port thing. You don't, you don't want to stick your eggs in one basket because if something goes wrong at one, you've got the other one. And, and Tauranga is a, is a very good port, excellent port. And Northport's a good port. Which is actually fifty percent closer than Tauranga, and fifty percent of what you buy in a shop here comes in from Tauranga anyhow. The only risk about Tauranga is everything goes through the Kaimai Tunnel, mm. which has got issues. Yes. What is your political outlook? Are you are you left or right? Yes. 
I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that you, you've been a member of the Labor Party, you've been a member of the National Party. Where do you sit on the, on the spectrum? The spectrum <laughs> changes. I mean, the, the two best Prime Ministers in recent years, um, I speak in text with them on a weekly basis, and that's John Key from mm. National and Helen Clark from Labor. And, and uh, both pragmatic, worked hard, mm. s- thought about it, kept in touch with the public, um, was sensible, and mm. both did some good things for New Zealand. Mm. And, I, and so I'm not easily classified. People want to mm. classify me into one or the other. I would say that um, economically um, I'm very conservative, mm. uh, probably a bit to the right of national. Socially I'm very liberal. You know, I've got no time for a discrimination of people who are already discriminated against it. Um, and oddly enough, um, two of the candidates, we've got one of them, one of them's fiscally right wing and, and the other one's fiscally left wing, but, but, but they're both hard right socially. They both don't like whole sections of the community, and I, it's not like me. You yeah. know, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. Some sections of our community are picked on already. Why on earth would mm-hmm. you pick on them anymore? You know, um, and I, I, th- I think we've left behind some of our immigrant communities. You know, the Chinese are wonderful um, contributors to our community. We'll work hard and raise the kids. Indians, much the same. And they're under a fair bit of pressure now. They, they all own all the shops that seem to be being attacked by other sections of the mm. community, and I'm not happy about that. What would, you, what would you describe as the quintessential Auckland Identity. How, how would you how, how would you describe that? Well, what what's what's what is an what what is an Aucklander to you? Well, Auckland's uh, a third of New Zealand, and and it's people would say that, oh it's a CBD or something or other, but basically it goes from Wellsford, who never thought they were part of Auckland, out to Pukeko, who didn't want to be part of Auckland. I suppose quintessentially the thing that that makes Auckland the city that that I love is the Waitemata Harbour and the Hauraki Gulf, and the things around that that. Fit in well, the Harbour Bridge mm. l- looks good and does a good job. The ferries are great. The waterfront on if you go down Queen Street and turn left, it's great. Turn right, and it's disappointing. Mm. This boat's hit the rocks, mm. you know, and we've got to get it off. And there isn't time to for all that stuff. Or, people got to understand is when after the election, if whoever gets to be the mayor, and I hope it's me will come back and, and have to report that the numbers are a lot worse than we've been told. And I don't think a lot of people will be surprised about that. And you, but you've got to be prepared to do that mm. and you've got to have a plan to get out of it. I mean, we, there are, I have fellow candidates who, who want to go in there with their eyes wide shut and don't want to know about all those things. Yeah. Um, but you, our Auckland Council is in no shape whatsoever to be considering grand new stadiums and and free this and free that. And and you said before about a lot of, I'm quite worried about a lot of the uh, citizens position. Mm. Who'd have thought that the million dollar mortgage belt included Otara? Mm. And they've actually got the worst oh, uh, increases. Have. The people who are least able to deal with yeah. increases have been given the worst increases by during a period of a labor mayor and a labor government and labor candidates who are supposed to be looking for after people at the bottom. Mm. What they learn from that is, if you don't care about the numbers, you will hurt the people you're trying to look after. And so I go on and on about the numbers, and it probably drives people mad. But um, believe you me, 
it's the person who's going to sort the numbers out who's going to lift our living standards again and make it make it a great city to live in. You just cannot avoid that. It's really, really important. And so people, other mayoral candidates need to be quizzed. Do you understand the numbers? How do you, do you get that? Because we've got a lot of councillors in there who've been allowed to have their sausage rolls and eat their lunches and, and just close those tricky pages and hope that poor old Desley Simpson's going to sort them out for her on her own. And she does a good job, but it's a bit hard to rely on one person. And so it's not a criticism of Desley. I think she probably desperately wants a few economically um, experienced uh, people to join her. Wayne Brown, independent mayoral candidate. Very independent Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Did you have any final words for, for our listeners? Uh, you're good on you. Get out there and vote for rational things, you know. And I'm like you. I don't like paying rates or taxes, but I want something back for it. So thanks very much, Josh. Cheers. Cheers.